Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right, praise the name of Jesus. My time is, is, is uh, far gone, and I'm going to just dive right into it. I, I want to prepare your heart for next year. Look, I've said this time and time again. While your life is not constrained to a calendar year, where you say, oh, you know what? Everything I was supposed to achieve because I didn't do it in the year 2022, it's all over for me. That is not true. But at the end of the day, there is something about the new year that comes with it new beginnings, new blessings. The Bible says God crowns the year with his goodness. And, and when you talk about a year, it's talked about a period of time. And I strongly believe as much as your life is not contained in a, in a period of time in, in 2022, I do believe that at the same time, uh, there, is, there, is, there, there needs to be direction given as you launch into another calendar year. It gives an idea of a fresh start, a fresh beginning. And I want to correct some notions. I want to give you the right direction. And I want you to also receive direction from the Lord in this, in, in this service. I, I, so many of you are going to receive assignments, instructions, things to do. That clarity you've been wanting to know. The things many of you have planned to jackpot next year. I, I want to push you in the right direction. I want you to receive and hear from your Father. Praise the name of Jesus. Look, the decisions you make matter a lot. I was just, you know, just in a few days, and I didn't mean to share this, but uh, just the past couple of days, because God has given me uh, an assignment to do already. I already know one of the assignments he's given me to do. And, and in the course of the year, you would see it. It will be clear to you. Um, but one thing that I, I, I was doing, I was looking at someone's uh, profile. This is one particular person that I... I once upon a time, ad admired and was inspired by this person used to, you know, churn content and, and, and produce all these wonderful things. Was a blogger, was a YouTuber, was sharing things about the faith, helping people grow. And this person made the decision to travel out. And of course, I knew that within that period, there were some questions, there were some doubts. And I, I personally told this person that I don't think it's the right move to go just yet, especially to this country, you know, and this person was so sure this is what they wanted to do. Uh, they wanted to pursue this career. And so this was the particular study and master's they wanted to do. If I, you know, a, a, a PhD degree, you know, and very sadly, I just, you know, after a while, this person just went AWOL. This person was nowhere to be found. Only for me later to find out. I had some people investigate. I also did my investigation. By the time I found this person's profile, this young lady, on her profile, a lot of things have changed. She looks different. She has tattoos. She has piercings all over her body. And she identifies as they, them now. She has the flag of the LGBTQ community from someone who spoke vehemently against this uh, just a couple of years ago. Look, the, 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 see, God can save you from the wrong decisions. He can save you from the wrong decisions. And just because everyone is doing it doesn't mean it's for you. And that's why we're having this, so that you can come before your father 
and say, God, tell me this. Look, this is what I want. You know, I'm hungry about this thing. But if it's not what you want, if this is going to take me in the wrong direction, to meet the wrong people and be in the wrong association and, and tear down my convictions, I don't want it. If this is good for me, but at the same time, it's going to stop me from all that you have me do in terms of ministry, I don't want it. This is that place to align our priorities, to realign our priorities. Praise the name of Jesus. And we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray. We're going to prophesy. I want you to take those words very seriously. Open your Bibles uh, to Colossians, the first chapter. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 12. From verse 9 to 12. I'll be reading from the King James Version. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> oh, this is a beautiful scripture. Many of you know I love this, this portion of scripture, but I, I want to break it down for us. I want to break it down for us. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you there? Are you there? I'll wait for you. I need everyone to be here. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 12. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. This is what it says. For this cause we also, he's referring to what had happened earlier, I think in verse 6, where, you know, they had heard about the people's faith, their love for, for each other, and he was inspired by it. And Paul said, for this reason, since the day we heard it, since we got reports from people like Titicus and Epaphras, when we received this word, we did not cease to pray for you. So Paul is saying we didn't stop praying. There was one thing we were praying about, and he starts to show them what it was that he was praying about. And we prayed and desired that what? You might be filled with the knowledge of his will. That you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So I want to start there. Paul is praying for these people that they what? Be filled with the knowledge. The, the word filled is, is, is the Greek word for, for complete, to be completed, to be made whole um, by the knowledge of his will. If you want to put the knowledge of the will in simple language, it simply means what God will want you to do per time. We know God's ultimate will is that all people come to repentance and that no one is lost and no one perishes but receives everlasting life. That's the ultimate will of God. But there is something we call the particular will of God, which is expressed and revealed part time in our lives. So as much as we know it's good to go to school, no one prays, you know, and that's one thing. That we, we need to learn to not over-spiritualize certain things. Education is God's plan and it's God's will that you know. That's the only way you can read his word. That's the only way you can communicate and interact with society. So education is important. But, but look, there's a place of, God, I know education is important, but what school should I take my child? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's, there's a particular will. Lord, I know it's good to get a job because... If a man wants to eat, he needs to work. Yes, you need to work. God is not going to send ravens to you. He's not going to do that. In fact, the person that he was sending it to had done his job. At the end of the day, you need to work. But God, where do I work? 
Where do I work? There's a particular will. God wants us to be filled, and Paul expresses this desire, that he wants us to be filled with what God wants per time in our lives. And to understand what it is, that's what spiritual understanding is. To not just see its surface level, but to truly understand what it is that God wants. And then he adds an element, which is the second one. So number one, God wants us to be filled with the knowledge of what he wants. And he wants us to have the wisdom to put it to practice. We've had a teaching series on this where we, we wanted to see the interaction between knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. But what I want to say is, look, every knowledge you have about God, every idea you have about God and all that he said for you to do will be utterly meaningless if it is not applied in wisdom. That's why James says that we ought to be doers of the word and not just what's hearers alone. That it's, it leaves where your head is, passes through your heart and flows through your hands so that you can do, so you can work. In what God has asked you to do. Praise the name of Jesus. And then when you do this, when you know what God wants and you apply it, this is what happens. And Paul is showing what the result of this is. That you will what? Walk worthy of the Lord. That you will walk worthy of the Lord. That means, see, the knowledge of God's will and putting it into practice helps us to live in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. In life that shows appreciation for the redemption that we have received. A life that when you look at it, mm, this person truly is living in a manner that they know they have been saved, that they have been redeemed by God. You know, and, and, and easily a story comes to mind. You know, and many times this story is never used for, for what I'm going to explain. Many times it's used for this guy who is so down to earth, who is so, you know, who just wants to see Jesus. It's the story of Zacchaeus. And I'm going to read from the book of Luke chapter 19. If you can go there with me, I'll read it very quickly. I want to show you something very important there. Luke chapter 19 from verse 1 to 10. Open your Bibles, please. Open your Bibles. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 19, 1 to 10. I'll read from the NLT, the New Living Translation. Man, so many of you have expectations from this evening. I can sense it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The person, there's the someone that I literally wrote something down about. That person is here. I just sensed it. The Lord is going to minister to you in such a powerful way. I want to encourage you, stay till the end of this stream. Verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named what? Zacchaeus. He was a publican, as King James says, which means he was the chief of the tax collectors. So he was probably a colleague of Matthew who became a disciple of Jesus. So he was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very, very rich, very wealthy. And he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way he already knew he planned and he was ready when Jesus came by this was someone with expectation that he had to climb a tree when Jesus came by he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name ah that's beautiful that is beautiful God knew him God saw him 
Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. You mean, you mean me? You want to come to my house? This, to give you perspective, this was someone that the Jews had condemned. For you to be a tax collector, the Romans who were the colonial masters of the Jews at the time would require taxes from the people. All right, that's when they asked Jesus, you know, should we give this coin? Uh, you know, who should we give this to? And then Jesus says, give this, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, right? They wanted to know, should we still stay? I thought you came to, to deliver us from this oppression. And so a tax collector is seen as a betrayer because the Romans want to interact with the Jewish people. They'll select some people who would be responsible for collecting taxes and, and keeping track of what taxes have been uh, received, like the IRS of the Jewish community. So they were hated, they were looked up and looked down upon, I beg your pardon, as traitors against their brothers. Why would you decide to betray your own by taking taxes from them and giving it to the Romans? So that was the idea. So they had no friends, their family, some of them probably disowned them, they were unwanted, they were a sinful lot. And Jesus looks at this man and says, I want to come to your house. I want to dwell with you and feast with you. And so this guy was like, it's been a while, please. And, and to, to even think that it's you of all people, come around. But the people were displeased, saying that he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Can you see what they're saying? They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, look, see, the story might seem very abridged in this narrative, but look at the story. Zacchaeus encountered Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. He met him. He had received some forgiveness from him. That look, you, you, you don't see me the same way everyone else sees me. You see beyond the sin. You see beyond the uncleanness. You see me. And that encounter changed his life so much so that he says this. Look at what he's saying. He said, Lord, look, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Look at that. Think about it. If you give half of your possessions, let's say you have one million naira, you give half of it, that's 500,000. And then all that you've owed people, you give four times that number. You are literally going to run out of, you're literally going to run out of all the cash you have. And look at what happens. Jesus responds to him. He says, ah, Kilo, did I ask you, ah, ah, bebe lube. Did I say you should? Is that what Jesus said? Look at how he responded. Jesus responded. Truly salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. I love this. So look at what happens when an encounter with Jesus happens. First of all, a change in your desires. Where you've once wanted money, you've always been covetous. You've always been selfish and greedy, wanting to stock up like the rich fool in that parable. You want to just be a wealthy person, chase money. God changes your desires when you have an encounter with him. He changes your desires. There's, there's a need to do better with the resources that you have. And that, that we see very clearly with Zacchaeus. And there's a desire to lose one life and find it in Christ. There's a desire to just, look, if I have Jesus, I have everything. I'll be fine. I can give everything I own and I'll be fine following this man. 
who gave me everything that I have in the first place. That's what an encounter with Jesus does. And I'm saying this to say that, look, there are expectations. When you have an encounter and a relationship with Jesus, it has to show. That's what it means to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So number one, that you be filled with the knowledge of his will. Number two, that you walk in wisdom to apply those things you know about what he wants. Number three, that you walk manner, and this is what it produces, that you walk in a manner um, that's worthy of the Lord. Number four is that we will please him in every way. It says unto all pleasing. So it means that as you're walking worthy of the Lord, you are pleasing to him in your words and in your deed. This is something that Paul prayed about every single time. That in everything you do, in every conversation, in every joke, in any time you are seeking entertainment, in anything that you are doing it in a way that pleases God. Imagine your life right now that in the year 2023, you can categorically say that you lived a life that pleased God. Like your every word pleased God. That your every deed pleased God. I am not trying to paint a picture of sinless perfection and say, oh, that's just how it's going to be. But their expectations. This is what Paul prayed that would happen in the lives of the Colossians. That somehow there will be consistent pleasing with their lives to the Lord. This is powerful. And then it says that they will be fruitful in every good work. Are you there in Colossians chapter 1? Being fruitful in every good work. Being fruitful in every good work. And when we use the word good works, uh, many times it can seem abstract. What is good works? If you give to the poor, is that good works? Yes, that counts. If you obey your parents, is that good works? Yes, that counts. So I'll just sum it up and say this, right? It, it's basically good works, um, as you see in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Um, sorry, chapter 9, verse 8. Uh, where it says, God is able to make all grace abound unto you, that you having sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. The context of good works there is generosity. It's a, it's a grace of generosity to give, to sacrifice, to sow, that you may reap. All right, generosity. And then in Titus chapter 2 from verse 14, it says that God has cleansed for himself a people that are zealous for good works. In the context Good works there means a life of godliness, a life of righteousness. So whatever the context is, is that he says that if, if you can apply the word of God in your life, he's praying that you'll be able to walk in a manner pleasing unto God and that you'll be fruitful in every good work. The third thing that good work describes is what Ephesians chapter 4 represents, which was read earlier. That, you know, the work of ministry to, to edify the church, to equip everyone for the work of ministry, that is a good work. So when you are fruitful in good works, it means that you are generous. It means that you are living a life of righteousness. And it means that you are effectively being discipled and also discipling others. Praise the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? If you are fruitful, it means the seed that was sown in you starts to show. 
It means all the teachings you've heard at this platform, in this ministry, it, it starts to show in your life. That you, you listen to a teaching on prayer and somehow you are starting to pray. And you don't even need all the follow-ups, you are praying better. And that they've taught you how to evangelize. And you just had that teaching and somehow you're already putting it to practice. And they taught you how to, how to study the Bible in hermeneutics. And somehow you know how to study the Bible. And you are driving as much effort as you can to study as much as you can. That's what it means to be fruitful. That's what it means to be fruitful in every good work. And then I love this part. It says, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. So as much as you are filled with the knowledge of his will, the proof that you are filled with the knowledge of his will is understanding that God's will is that you keep knowing more about him. Aye. That you will always Keep increasing in the knowledge of God in everything that you do. That you grow and you stop being complacent and say, oh, I've arrived. I've reached this place. With such humility to realize there is much more. There is much more. I have only just scratched the surface. You can be in the faith for 30 years and there's still so much more. Have you not wondered how the great generals of our faith, how till the very end, we're still teaching this gospel, teaching it in new ways, sharing the passions and the love that they have. It, it's an endless, endless place growing in the knowledge of God. You keep growing. You keep growing in intimacy, falling deeper in love with God. And that's my heart desire for everyone here, that it doesn't just stop. It's not just head knowledge. It's not just, oh, I know soteriology. I know the study of salvation. Oh, I know hermeneutics. I know how to interpret the Bible. Oh, I know apologetics. That it goes beyond that. That's just as you can be married to someone for maybe 60, 70 years. And all through your marriage, you've heard the stories of people who have, who have been married for long. A very good example is Papa Adeboye. And you see him still talking about his wife in such a powerful, beautiful way. How he learns more about her. He's learned better ways to serve her. And they've been married for that long. Think more even about your relationship with God. There's so much. There's so much to know. So Paul is saying that, it, that I, look, he's praying with all his heart that even as much as you're filled with knowledge of his will you, and you are pleasing, you're walking in a manner that is pleasing unto him, that you still will increase in the knowledge of, of him. And that in turn will cause you to be fruitful again. And that cycle repeats. So as you know him, you put it to practice, you bear fruits, that leads you to know more about him. And that cycle continues. It's a powerful thing, isn't it? Verse 11. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, and long-suffering with joyfulness. That even as you are learning about God, you are strengthened to do it. That you are strengthened in, in your fruitfulness in good works. You are strengthened as you do good works. You are strengthened as you know more about God. That you are strengthened with might and, 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 and it, 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 with, with, with willpower, with divine energy given by His Spirit. That you can do it with patience. That you can grow your knowledge of God patiently and joyfully. That you're not just saying, oh, I need to pray because, oh, it's a seem somehow. What if they check and they say I'm not online? What if, it's, it's beyond that. That you've tried praying, but it gets boring and it gets tedious. And it gets tiring. 
You just, you just don't see yourself praying as much anymore. And it's tiring. Like you, you ought to have passed this stage that you will remember that you ought to do it patiently. That you'll be patient. Strengthened with that might to continue patiently. But also to do it what? Joyfully. It's a powerful prayer. That even in your journey with the Lord in bearing fruits, that you do it joyfully. That when you are called to evangelize, you do it joyfully. I can't wait to bring more people home. That when you are called to pray, I can't wait to share this time with my eternal brothers and sisters to worship this great and mighty God. And your heart bursts forth with joy. And when it's time to study the word, you say, yes, I get to study the word of God. I get to dwell in it. I get to immerse myself in it. Oh, what joy joy it is to have the word of God and have it transform my life and have it educate me and have it edify me and have it transform me. What a joy. God wants that for you. Glory to God. And verse 12 says, giving thanks unto the father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. This is powerful. That even as you're doing this, you stay thankful and reminded that you are in the light. Praise the name of Jesus. When Paul opened this scripture and says, we do not cease to pray about it. The, the Greek word for pray is prosiokomai. That's what it is, prosiokomai. The Greek word simply is used to describe uh, what happened in the garden at, uh, of Gethsemane. Where Jesus says, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation it was also used in matthew 23 verse 14 where he was talking about the pharisees and their hypocrisy where he says and want to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you devour widows houses and for a pretense make long prayers therefore you shall receive the greater damnation so long prayer is prosiokomai which simply just means a prayer that endures you know so the idea is that paul prayed this consistently I want to urge you, Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, at least till 11, if you can memorize it, memorize it. Paul is literally telling you a secret as to why the church in Colossae, you, you don't see Colossae, 1 Colossians, 2 Colossians, 3 Colossians, because these guys had sense. <laughs> they bore fruits, do you understand? Paul is telling you the secret of the success with these people. He prayed about this. And guess what? When, he, when, when this happens and they pray about it, you know, he's going to hear reports again of good things happening and he'll be moved to pray again about it. This is something I want you to pray about. That God, I want to be filled with the knowledge of your will. Don't just use those big terms. It simply means, Lord, I want to know every time what it is that you want from me. I want to be directed by you. I want to know where you want me to be, what you want me to say, where you want me to go. I want to know it so that, Lord, I would do what it is you want me to do. And when I do it, I will walk in a way that pleases you. I will bear fruit in every good work. And I will keep growing in knowing what you want me to do. That my sensitivity to your leading will increase. That's what I want you to pray about in 2023. But see, the year 2023 is a very special year for us at Vivify. Yes. Very, very special year. And what the Lord told me, God told me about this 
but three weeks ago, what next year is going to look like for us. And I, I see why, because when you look at the teachings we've had this year, there's a theme. I know the year was providence, but it seemed like as the year went by, there was just a shift, a focus, and some of you were sensitive to notice it. It's because of what's to come in 2023. There's so many things God is going to do with us, but there are very specific things as well that everyone, everyone who subscribes to this ministry, who somehow has said, look, I'll be a part of this ministry and follow. You follow the ministry, you follow me. Look, this blessing will happen in your life, I promise you. But before we go there, I want to show you Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which we've read countlessly, but I want to read it to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship. That means his handiwork, his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Look, Paul is explaining your destiny in Christ. He says you were predestined and created in Christ for a purpose. For good works. For good works. For good works. Which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Good works. So you could do as many things as you want to with your life and get that master's degree and bag that doctorate and get that promotion and grow that business and grow your social media following. And at the end of the day, you have not fulfilled the purpose for which you are created in Christ. It's very possible. But the Bible tells us God predestined and created us in Christ that we will walk in good works. That we will do good works. Say, I was destined for good works. Come on, say it like you believe it. I was destined for good works. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Now at Vivify, in 2023, there's a work that God has given us to do. This is the work next year. It's summarized in this Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. I'm saying everything I'm saying to lead to a particular point. So just follow me. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 28. This is the work God has called us to do. I'm going to read from the NIV. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Okay. I'll just wait to let me pray. It says, He is the one we proclaim. He is the one we proclaim. Admonishing. Oh. And teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. This is what we want. This is the mission. This is the job. You know, something that John Wesley said, he said, we, the church cannot change the world by making converts. You only do it by making disciples. And making disciples simply means that once they have been converted, they become new babes, but it doesn't stop there. You don't, you don't celebrate just someone who is a babe 
and a child, I'm using King James language, when I say babe, I mean baby. <laughs> they're like, ooh, babe, okay, no, that's not what I'm talking about. When you become a new, and yes, when you become, as a, as a lady, when you become saved, you're a babe, you're a confirmed babe, soft girl, yes, that's what it really is. Um, but look at it, when you become saved, you, you, you start as a child, newborn, born again, fresh, born or new. But there is a whole journey ahead. It doesn't matter your age, and that's the problem. There are people that I've spoken to in the past month, you know, and, and past year, actually, that are much elderly than I am, but are babies in the faith. And I'm glad that they acknowledged it. Somebody told, one of them told me that they know that, look, it seems like they have to start again because they, they don't know anything. And I'm like, that's a very good place to start. To know that there are deficiencies and to nourish yourself till you are mature. The work here is this, that we will admonish and teach everyone with wisdom so that we may present everyone. There is, I, I don't know if you understand how ministry works. I don't know. It's, it's, have you ever gone for... Uh, maybe back in school, you had a school competition. Uh, I remember one debate competition. Oh my goodness, I flunked. It was against an Indian secondary school. And oh my goodness, I love Indians so much. But they can be brutal. Oh my goodness. I remember <laughs> they prepared us for these debates for how long? Maybe one week. Like it was very impromptu, very rushed. We barely had the time, but we just wanted to honor the invitation to do the, the competition. I was in SS2 by that time. Um, and this school we were going to, they were the host school, and they were Indians. And the topic I had was just jumbled in my head. And the teachers had done what they wanted to do. And so this, is, this was them presenting us for the debate competition. Oh, boy. <laughs> I went there and said, you see, what was my topic again? I really can't remember. I think it was something about, um, I can't remember really. I just said this, 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 this. I hope with this point... I have been able to confuse you. No, that's, that's not what I said. To convince you and not confuse you. I didn't say that, but something like that. And I was done. I was feeling myself. I think I did well. I think I did well. And then this girl just comes up. Well, I'd like to come back and talk about what my opponent talked about. That is absolutely ridiculous. I said, eh? She trust everything I said. Actually, when you think about it, what you said makes no sense, holds no weight, because the institutionalization she just went, 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 brought her points, bang, 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 boom, everybody was just glued, listening to this person. And with this point, I really hope that I've been able to convince you and show you that my opponent had no clue about what he was talking about. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, my goodness. If the judge was God, who would, who would he accept? Tell me, you know, <laughs> who would he give the prize? He would give the girl that swept me with, the, uh, uh, used me to sweep floor. He would. The idea of discipleship and the work of him, of any ministry, any church, is to realize that we are actually in competition. We're in competition with the world. We're in competition with the order of, of, of the spirit of, the, of this new age. There's a competition. There's a competition for your attention. There's a fight. There's a war for your mind. And the work of any ministry is that we build, we train, we drill our members with all wisdom. We admonish, we teach so that we can present you 
We can present you to the world and compete with the world. And when you stand with the world, you stand out. And God will say, yes, you've brought for me a mature folk, a mature people raised well in Christ. That is my vision. That is my heart's desire. This is what I wake up thinking about, sleep thinking about. To raise a mature people in Christ. Not just bring converts. Converts will celebrate, rejoice, but the work. You know about the story of the seed? And I'll just talk about that briefly. The, the, the parable of the seed, how the sower would go plant the seed. The problem is if the soil is not ready to receive, nothing can grow. So maybe we make a convert and they receive the soil, but they receive it with joy. They're excited. But we are competing with the thorns that will come to try and choke out what the seed is growing and, and, and getting to. We have to weed out. You know, when it comes to discipleship, there's, there's a place of protection. Excuse me. There's a place of planting. There's a place of protection. When you plant, you put the seed. You're ready the soil. You, you water it with prophecy. You water it with the word. You know, you, you, you add the heat of, uh, and the sunlight of prayers with it. You grow the seed. It grows. It germinates. But there's a place of protection where we are expected to remove the weeds. We, we, we plant it away from thorns. And if the thorns come, we cut them down. And we fertilize it with fellowship. That's what it is to protect the seed and, and the plant that is growing. There's a lot of work that, that comes. But this is the work we're doing next year. More attention to discipleship. More attention to raising well-rounded believers, well-rounded believers that can stand to this, you know, if, towards this world, can stand before the entire world, can be tried by many trials and come out on top. That's the work we have to do in the new year. Praise the name of Jesus. So this is what I want to summarize this. Here at Vivify, we're going to be raising well-rounded believers, well-rounded believers. Not just all round that you, you can, no, we want well-rounded. That when the word, in fact, the word that someone gave me for this particular thing was this. Prototype believers. Prototype. One of the leaders here gave me that word. And that exactly was the summary of this. Prototype believers. Well-rounded believers. That if they carry any of you listening to me now, they bring you in front and say, you're going to now show us all that you know. And when they look at your life, they see exemplary lifestyle. It's one thing for you to bamboozle people and tell people, you know, this is it. We've been saved by grace through faith, not of our works. Hey, everybody's impressed. You say, you know, you see, you know, when you, you, you quote the scriptures, you do this, you do that. It's one thing to be able to say, to share the knowledge. But another thing to walk the talk, which I find many times a lot of believers struggle with. Even spiritual leaders struggle with this. Where you don't look like what you are saying. Where we can't see that exemplary lifestyle. But not here in Vivify. Are you with me? We say the same things we are doing. And we do the same things we are saying. Amen. We are walking the talk. Glory to God. So let me just give you some things of what a well-rounded believer looks like. Number one, exemplary character exemplary character this means that we are consistently walking in the fruit of the spirit that's what exemplary character is it's that simple walking in love and all the fruit of the spirit which are a derivative of the love of god love 
joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, gentleness. These are fruit of the Spirit. Tolerance. Fruit of the Spirit. Anyone who can do these things. Ah, it's that simple. Exemplary character. And I thank God for a grace that somehow, by God's grace, and I say this with all humility, God bears me witness that somehow people have been able to tell me to a large extent that I exemplify Christ. And I'm honored by that statement. But it's not exclusive. It's not exclusive to just me. It's expected of everyone. The scripture we read in Ephesians chapter 4, it says till we reach the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Christ is the goal. Christ is the, is the target. He's the measure. He's our standard. He's the expectation. Do you see that? In love, in conduct, in power, in faith. Let me not get ahead of myself. But if you're talking exemplary character, you're talking about someone who can walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Who when there's trouble, you're at peace. Where everyone is, is lacking faith, you are faithful. Where everyone is giving in to pleasures, you are self-controlled. When everyone is irritated and is not able to stay, you are patient with people, patient with your process, patient with the government, patient with your parents, patient with those delays in your finances. Exemplary character. <laughs> that you look like Christ. The people can look at you in 2023 and say, Ah, oh my goodness, Fisayo, you remind me of Jesus. Oh my goodness, Mercy, you remind me of Jesus. Are you even real? Like, let, let, let it be that people are confused. How do people like this still exist in this world? And that's the problem. That's why many of us are still single. Aish. I think it's another teaching for another time. Aish. No, 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 not a, this is not even a shade to you. It's a shade to the, to the rest of the believers. Because many of you, the problem is not that you're not ready for relationships. You've just not found the right people. The people who are of exemplary character. That's the problem. Anyways. Number two is a love for the church. A people who love the church. People who are crazy about believers, that you hear something happen to someone in, in, who is probably a member of this ministry or someone who is just a brother and sister in Christ and you are concerned and your heart is moved and you hear this person needs some money for an oppression and you are moved to give towards that cause. Or you hear that someone had just gone through a heartbreak or this and you put yourself to be available, not as an opportunity, if you know what I mean. You know, to take advantage of the situation, but you truly care genuinely. That you love God's people. That you love these people. At the end of the day, the sad reality is that not everyone's blood family, blood relations, will be with them forever. But there's a relationship that we have with people who we are bonded by the Spirit with, and we will live with them forever. Pay attention to them, give them your attention, give them your affection. Check in on people. Love people. God expects it of you. And that leads me to the next one. As much as you love the church, number three, have a passion for souls. Have a passion for souls. Let it grieve you that there are people that still don't know the Lord, who don't still enjoy the life that you are living. 
who don't have the benefits of the new life in Christ. Let it grieve you. Let it grieve you. Be on a spree of reconciliation, a reconciliation spree. Ah, who is the next person I can bring? See, I'm telling you this. God knows how to... The Bible says that the, the, the gospel is foolishness to the world. It's foolishness. Like, how can this simple gospel transform the life of one of the most hardened criminals you can think of? Paul identified himself as the chief of sinners. If there was any person that was the hardest to convert in, in Israel at that time, it would, have been, it would have been Paul. Paul was already successful in silencing many of these people. And he was already on his way to Damascus. But somehow, this same gospel that was preached to him by Ananias was able to change his life. So even the most difficult of people see them as worthy of Christ's sacrifice. See them as able beneficiaries of God's grace. Have a passion for souls. Number four, be given to discipleship. Be given to discipleship. A problem that many people have is that they don't realize, a lot of Christians don't realize that you are not designed to grow in isolation. You are not, dis- you are not designed to be self-prescribed. If you're going to grow or you're going to treat something or you're going to get the help you need medically, you have to get a prescription. You have to follow a prescription. You need to be discipled is what I'm trying to say. Don't self-medicate. You need leaders in the body of Christ. There are ministry gifts that were placed for you in the body of Christ for your growth. For your growth. Be given to discipleship. Decide that in this year, 2023, you will follow a system of teachings. You'll follow through the teaching series on this ministry. You would actually see growth in your life. The problem many of us had in 2022 was not that there were no platforms for you to grow. You didn't just give yourself fully hearted, you know, full-hearted and committedly to those things. Many of you, you can testify that you started this year. Maybe this was even your first time being a part of this ministry and you continued faithfully in all the teachings, and you've seen some change, you've seen a change in your life, you know that something in me has happened. That's God's idea for church. That you are discipled. That you are submitted. That if they bring you out and present you on that competition day, that what you say will be the same thing your Bible teacher will say. It will be the same thing your pastor will say. Whoever is charged over your care, what you say, you say the same thing. That's God's idea. When he says that we come to unity in the faith, it's so that the, uni- the, the faith we believe will be united to be one, to be the same. It's God's idea. Amen. You realize that when more than one person is saying the same thing, it happens to be true. Do you understand? If someone says, oh, the sky is red, like what are you saying, guy? Are you okay? And then someone just comes, the sky is red. Somebody else, guy, have you seen the sky? Immediately, because people are saying the same things, it, it gets your attention and you look up. Even if it's a lie, it compelled you to look up, right? That's the power of saying the same thing. A house divided against itself cannot what? Cannot stand. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand as well. In the year 2023, there will be unusual ex- expressions of the Spirit. This is number five. Amen. <laughs> this one, I don't even know if I'm ready for it. Unusual expressions of the spirits. That's what the Lord told me. When you talk about well-rounded believers, I'm talking about the faith. 
ancient exploits is what the word is what the Lord told me. Ancient exploits, things that people of old did out of faith. And to us it was wow, you will do cheaply. I'm talking miracles that just just hear me out. Miracles that look you ha- you have <laughs> that in your pocket. I'm just giving you an example that your landlord is asking you your, your rent is overdue and you need 50,000 naira to pay and all that's in your account is 30,000 naira but somehow you just say lord I trust you as I bring this money out it multiplies and before your eyes it multiplies and you pay that debt I'm talking things that are unnatural that people have to investigate that you're down to your last loaf of bread and as you're eating it somehow there's still more bread to continue eating it has happened before <laughs> Unusual expressions of the Spirit. I want you to expect it in your life. Expect it in your family. Many of you will do things that will shock you. You will tell me. I will also ask you questions. Eh? Are you sure? Let me see. Not out of faith, just because I want, to, I want to rejoice in what God has said about this year. I'm super excited about 2023. Many of you will work miracles. Many of you will walk in the charismatic. Many of you people will confuse you with Jesus. You'll be like, ah, this is only this is something that is Jesus level. And Jesus told us the things that I do, you will do what also, and even greater things. Unusual expressions of the spirit. Amen. Ah, you don't sound like you believe it. I believe. <laughs> Glory. Glory to Jesus. This means there'll be more healings. There'll be more healings. Amen. More healings. Amen. More healings. Someone Amen. is listening to me here now. You need a healing. More healings. Amen. More healings by the power of the Holy Ghost. More healings in 2023 and even now. And the sign that the healings will multiply in 2023 is that they start happening now to you in your body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Unusual expressions of the Spirit. Man, some of you are carrying things and some of your family members are carrying things. We're going to get rid of those things in this time of prayer. By the time we start to pray, the healings will flow forth. I want your faith in the Lord to be at its peak. In the year 2023, you're going to see, number six, grace and capacity to do more. The proof of a well-rounded believer is that there is evident growth in what they do. You're not doing the same caliber of things in 2022, in 2023. You're doing more. At a higher speed, at a higher capacity, at a higher proficiency. Yes, this is what the Lord is saying. Grace and capacity to do more. Amen. Oh, and he gives more grace. Jesus. He gives more grace. Yes. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the final one, I'm going to shout this one as loud as I can. So that you can hear it. In 2023, no weights. Amen. When it says to lay aside every weight, that's what I'm talking about. No weights. No addictions. Amen. No scandals in yes. Vivify. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say it again. No weights. Amen. No habits or addictions. Amen. And no scandals. Amen. When people look at your life in public and in private, in secret and in the spotlight, they will see the same thing. Amen. Not a double-minded man, not a double-minded woman. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I declare the grace to do this, to to bring forth this fruit in your life in 2023. I declare it upon you in Jesus' name. But none of that. 
You see, the idea is that we are able to be blameless before the world. That the world will see us and they will see us as blameless. That like Daniel, they will try to look for a fault in our lives. Any reason to throw us into the lion's den, they will not find anything except our faith in Jesus. Are you with me? <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to read 1 Timothy chapter 4 from verse 11 to 16 to you. I want this to sink in. There is a new order of believer that God is raising in this generation. A generation that is wayward, that is given to undue liberalism. A generation that wants to give in to pleasure. A generation that wants to invent a God for themselves that they are comfortable with. Not a God that they, they are to serve. In this generation, we will be that light that this dark world needs in the name of Jesus. That if they want to see an example, they will look at the Vivify Ministries. That is the example of the end time church. That is an example of the end time army of God. That is an example of true believers. First Timothy chapter 4 from verse 11 to 16. I'll read from the NLT. Thank you, Jesus. And Paul is speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy. He says, teach these things. And insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because of, you know, of your youth, because you are young. And this is what he says. And I'm speaking especially to you people listening because I know you are young. You're in your youth. Don't let anyone despise you. Let your age not be a limitation to you and all God will have you do. At your age, yes, you can preach to multiple people. At your age, you can disciple people. At your age, you can raise the dead. At your age, oh, you can handle, oh, shut up us. Let your age not limit you. You are, you, are, you are even too old. If I tell you some of the things that young people have done, I'm telling you that in a class I led, a teenage class, there was, a, there was a guy that was 11 years old. We went for evangelism. I took the kids out to evangelize. And I'm telling you, this 11-year-old boy raised a lame man. I just told him, go and do it. That's all. The same way Jesus has told us to go and do it. And he did it. This man who was a beggar, we gave him money, but we gave him his legs. <laughs> we gave him his legs back. 11 years old. I, it's not that I heard the story. I was there. You are too old, though. Tell the person besides you are old. <laughs> hey. And I'm not saying this to put you under any type of pressure. I'm just trying to give you positive pressure. That look, let no one, let no one, the pressure can be, <laughs> let no one despise your youth. Amen. But this is what he says. Be an example to all believers. In what? In what you say. Ha! Be an example. Some of you, I know in the name of, oh, I'm saved and I'm bougie. I got Jesus in my boats. You think that you can get away with anything you say. You cannot. You cannot. It will be held against you. It says no idle wor word will be, will be unaccounted for. No idle word will go, on, go on, on, unjudged. Everything you say, imagine that. Everything you say is on record. When you exaggerate, when you lie, when you make carnal jokes, jokes that should not be heard amongst believers, when you have talks with people and conversations with people that are ungodly, every one of them, 
matter. But he says, be an example to all believers, not even to the world, to believers, to your brothers and sisters in the things that you say, in the way that you live, your lifestyle. I know that wearing trousers or short skirts will not take you to hell, but what story and what picture does it paint? What lifestyle does it portray? Does it portray a life of decency? Does it, does it share, show a lifestyle of moderation? And he says, be an example also in your love. We've talked about that. In your faith and in your purity. In your purity. He says, until I get there, until I visit you, focus on reading the scriptures to the church. So he's telling them, you know, telling Timothy, focus on the reading of the word. Let it be an attention given to the word, the reading and the study of the word. Encouraging the believers and what's teaching them. And this is what we are doing here at the, at the ministry. We found admonishing you with the word, encouraging you with the word. Not your experiences, not our opinions, with the word and with the word alone. Say loud, amen. amen. And it says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Look at that. In 2023, you will throw yourself into your devotion so that everyone will see your progress. Say aloud, amen. amen. Say, I will throw myself into the work of the Lord. I will immerse myself into my devotion to the Lord and everyone will see my progress. My profiting will appear to all. Amen. It says, keep a close watch. Be cautious while you're doing this on how you live and the teaching that you teach. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation. Can you see these extra warnings that while you have been saved, there's a place to be cautious and sober and vigilant. There's a way to live. There's a way to live. I did a teaching called Let's Be Sober. That's a teaching for you to, 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 to listen to as you enter the new year. There's a high calling of God. Let me tell you. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, I, oh. I don't want to sound preposterous and I don't want to sound presumptuous as well in saying that there's nothing more important. There's nothing more important than what I'm telling you tonight. That God wants a well-rounded believer in 2023. There's nothing more important. I'm telling you that a host of angels is listening to this teaching now and they're saying yes. They're saying yes, every one of you needs to hear this. I might not psych you up. I might not make it the, the best teaching you've ever heard in your life, but this is what you need to hear. That you can be an example of all people. That you can bear fruits from the word of God. And many because of you will give glory to God. It says, stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Praise the name of Jesus. Salvation of those who hear you. Look at that. So your example can influence other people's behaviors is what he's trying to say. The way you live is it, and, and that's the truth. I was, I was sharing with some of the leaders at the, at the ministry. 
and someone said something that when you look at the lives of some people, the person mentioned a couple of names, that it inspires them to know the Lord more, it inspires them to keep up with their devotion. And maybe many of you here can look to a couple of people in the ministry that you just see, man, I really just covet the way they live. I covet the, the attitude they have, the consistency they have. That's because your lifestyle can be a direct influence to someone else. And while you have been the one coveting, next year is your turn for people to covet you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said, while you'll be coveting a good godly lifestyle that people have had, that you've seen, next year is the year where people will covet your own lifestyle in the name of Jesus. You'll progress so much more in your faith that many will look and say, I want to be like that. Say loud amen if you believe that. Thank you, Jesus. And, and this year was a year of providence. Did you people experience the providence of God in any way? The provision of God, the preservation of God, and the precise leadership of God. That somehow it seemed like it was coincidence, but there was just a right timing to the right doings. It just somehow happened. I can testify. I can tell you at least 10. 10 supernatural things that the Lord did for me and my family this year. I can tell you, top of my head, because God is good. But because we are rounding up the year, doesn't mean that the providence now ends. Hey, yeah, we've tried. The, angel, the angels of the Lord have been providing providence. I've said, you don't try. Nah, let us relax. It doesn't work like that. The providence of the Lord, it follows you into the new year. In the name of Jesus, you would experience the provision of God. You would experience the preservation of God. And you experience precise leadings in the new year in the name of jesus and so with this i want to just introduce you to what 2023 is for us at vivify amen are you ready and from that i'll just share with you some prophecies god has spoken over us at vivify we're going to pray uh, i'm going to give some instructions and we're going to pray and after we pray, we'll, 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 um, I believe that the Lord is going to share some words. We'll pray about those things. And then we make some confessions. And we close this service. Are you ready? Yes, the year 2023, drum rolls please, <laughs> is our year of fruitfulness. Woo! Glory! Oh, glory, glory to God. I am, you, you have no idea how excited I am for this. It's a year of fruitfulness. And the Lord told me, and he bears me witness, he told me that this fruitfulness will show even in secular activities. It will show in seemingly mundane things. Somehow, you are just more productive in those things. You are just able to see results for places and things that you've labored over. It will be easier for you. There's a special anointing in the year 2023. It's a year of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. In the work of the Lord, fruitfulness in good works, fruitfulness in devotion, fruitfulness in your families, fruitfulness in your academics, fruitfulness in your relationships, fruitfulness in your business, fruitfulness in your career, fruitfulness in the world. Wherever you plant your feet, there will just be fruitfulness, results, results, and all that has delayed, you would see timely results to them. That's your life. Say loud, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we are a fruitful bunch. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I am excited. At Vivify, the Lord said a couple of things. 
Number one, God said that and the Lord has, has assured me that many will receive a grace to come to obedience to the faith. I received the word as I was listening to my pastor, Pastor Emmanuel Aaron, and the Lord said, that's the same thing you're going to see. There's going to be an unusual grace. While years pass, we've, tr- we've struggled, we've hustled, we've called people, come for Bible study, come and learn this, and people are stubborn and we are doing all that we can. Next year, it's easier for us. I understand. <laughs> There's just a grace to call people to obedience to the faith. Obedience to the faith means the Lord said it and you do it. Yes. Like a grace to just yield and do. Not that you, are, you have to be followed up. You have to, no. A grace to just draw people in who are obedient to the faith. It's a grace. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Paul is saying, by whom we have received grace and, apost- and apostleship. We receive grace and apostleship. For what? Obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So there's a grace to command obedience to the faith of Jesus Christ amongst all people for his name's sake. And that grace rests upon us here at Vivify. Shout aloud, amen. amen. It's a grace. It's a grace. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this grace. Thank you for this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sorry, people of God. Just one second. Yes, Lord, that's it from around the world. Yes. Oh, from the nooks and crannies of this world. Yes, Lord, Africa. Yes, Lord, Africa. Yes, Lord Jesus, even in the Middle East. Thank you, Jesus. Kenundu suprakta kafayata. Yetuno broktosa kapande kia. A grace to command obedience to the faith. Yetakumano kundesh. It's done. Yes, Lord. Thank you. I believe it. I am ready, Lord. We are ready, Lord. We are ready, Lord. This grace, it, it flows to everyone here. As many as want to see the same thing happen, that people yield to the obedience of the faith to the, to the calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as want to see, they have that grace too, as they disciple, as they preach the gospel, as they share to people the wondrous works of God in salvation. Many will just be attracted supernaturally, supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Oh, we believe it, Daddy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. The second thing the Lord told me. Oh, shatana braktekum fratis. It says there will be an unusual staring through the teachings to resurrect old devotion. Pay attention. To resurrect old devotion, inspire more consecration, and enable fruitfulness. An unusual staring through the teachings that will, that will be done in, this, in the year 2023 to resurrect old devotion, to inspire more consecration for the Lord, where people are making sacrifices just because they love the Lord, not because they are compelled or forced, just because they love God and they want to do His will. Because they've been filled with knowledge of His will, they will make sacrifices and enable fruitfulness. And that will happen in Jesus' name. Glory to God. 
Lord also told me this. This sounds very simple, but it's very profound. That by the reason of your association and commitment to the Vivify Ministries, you will experience a rapid growth in your life. Rapid growth. I mean, the kind that is surprising. The kind that takes you aback. Then how am I growing this fast? Just because you are committed here. The Lord says he's releasing a grace for that. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. At Vivify, we are fruitful. At Vivify, we bear fruit. We walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, and the world will see it and they will ask questions. How did you do it? And we'll just say we yielded to the Lord. And this is what we see. Hallelujah. But what is fruitfulness? Fruitfulness simply means putting the word to work. It simply means that you apply your heart in wisdom to everything that you receive from the Lord through his word. That's it. You bear fruit. That all God has instructed to you, you do it and you see the result for what you've done. Out of your obedience, that's fruitfulness. That somehow you are productive. You are you're just oozing results. I don't know how best to put it. You're just oozing results. It's just, your life is just moving. It's just, there's just, there's just, what's the word? I'm looking for, there's a word. There's just um, momentum. That's the word. Momentum to the things you do. After you do this one, it leads up to the next one and the next one and the next one. Fruitfulness. That you live a life as a prototype believer. A prototype believer. Praise the name of Jesus. Fruitfulness is, is warring in, with the word of God alone. Not your opinions, not your experiences, not hearsay, not what social media says. You are warring with the word of God alone. And, and this is a call to pay attention to the word of God in 2023. The word of God, this Bible that we talk about, to give attention to it. As Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. It's a call to do that. The only way for you to bear fruit is that the seed has been planted. And the seed, in every story that we see, you see that the seed is the word of God, right? So pay attention to the word. Let it, let it take root. Be, a, 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 be the loamy soil. Be the loamy soil ready to receive. And whether God speaks through his word or speaks through his man of God or woman of God, whether God speaks to you in whatever way he speaks to you, that you say, Lord, this is what you said and I will do it. No questions asked. You've asked me to take the nations of the world and, and, and fulfill this great commission. I will do it. That's your life in 2023 in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because of time, I'm just going to quickly wrap up with some instructions for the year. And, and, and look, I, time will not permit me to say everything that we need to talk about for 2023. As we go through the year, all the teachings will be tailored to it. And there are some very exciting programs happening next year. Look, you, oh my goodness, you are in for an amazing time next year. If you are planning to stab, you are already being unfruitful. <laughs> Don't stab any program. If you have to travel in for these programs, because I can tell you, and, and, and thank God for, for, for grace. But at the end of the day, every event that would happen physically next year, I will have to travel in for it. And there are a lot. There, there, there are events for almost every year. My wife too will have to travel along. And we are trusting God. 
and we're trusting God for miracle money. And by miracle money, it's the money that you guys would give. Uh, fruitful money. Amen. <laughs> um, you know, if you have to travel for these programs, travel because the word of God is if you're an out of state, if you're out of country, if you can come around for every single conference next year. At least top of my head, there are about seven or eight of them. A lot of them. More, right? There are actually more. I mean, but, but the main conferences next year, there are about eight of them. Come around for everyone. Your, your profiting awaits you. Your growth beckons on you. Hallelujah. But throughout the year, every teaching will be tailored to help you bear fruit. And we'll even be having a special one to just um, truly reflect your fruitfulness, even in the secular world. Like real life application uh, uh, kind of teachings where you can be fruitful in your career, fruitful in your academics, wherever you are found in your businesses. And we're going to bring professionals, people who can train you for that. Look, it's going to be exciting in 2023. I'm already very, very, very excited for it. But I want to give you just, just 10 instructions for the new year. 10 instructions. Very specific, measurable. And... And I find this to be very important. All right. I want you to take it to heart. Number one, I want you to write it down. Ten goals. Uh, ten instructions, I beg your pardon, for, for 2023. Number one, set realistic goals. Or let me even say set smart goals. Because realistic is just one of the elements in smart, right? Set smart goals. Smart goals are specific. They are measurable. They are actually achievable. They are realistic and they are time-bound. Don't go around setting, oh, I'm going to pray more. Like, how? How are you going to pray more? And how long are you going to pray for? How do you know you've achieved it if you don't have a time to it? Do you understand? Imagine if I say 10, you scored 10 in your exam. Is 10 good or bad? How do you know it's good or bad? When you have a target, if it's over 100, that's very bad. If it's over 10, it's excellent. So have realistic goals. Let the targets be clear. Like do this in your journal. Write it down in your diary, the things that you want to do in this year. And we're going to have a talk about that in our first teaching in, in the month of January. I'm going to talk about that briefly. This whole debate about New Year resolutions. And many people are like, New Year resolutions don't work. Um, I remember I did a teaching that it's New Year revelations that carry us. Uh, I'll probably talk more about that and just make it more practical for you so that you don't go again and, and reach December 2023 and say, ah, man, this is how I started. Oh, this is what we're supposed to do and see where I am. I want that at each point you are fruitful. You are taking off your to-do lists every single month. And that's going to happen in Jesus' name. Number one is what? Set smart goals. Number two be accountable and be discipled. Be accountable and be discipled. There are many of you, and I'm saying, <laughs> hey, glory to God. There are many of you who are very individualistic. You come around for meetings, but nobody knows what you're doing. Nobody knows what you're up to. Your pastor doesn't know what you studied or what you're studying or what you're doing currently. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, nobody knows anything about you. You're just living a private life. That's not Christianity. If you're going to be a person of exemplary character, it must be known what you're doing. You must be willing to be taught, to be corrected, to have someone look into your life and see the things you're doing and say, ah, 
I don't think that's correct. And you'll be able to receive that correction. Be accountable and be disciple this year. Have a scheme. And many people, the problem is they, you, we, we don't really know what it's like to follow. We don't know what it's like, what it means, what it looks like to follow someone or follow a ministry. Don't wait until they reach out. That's, that's discipleship 101. While it's great that the person that disciples you or the people that disciple you um, reach out and they should, discipleship 101 is you reach out. You want to grow, let it show. Ask the questions, trouble, send the questions. If they're not available at the time, wait till they're available. Remind them, send reminders, ask questions, make calls. Can we pray together? Can we study the scripture? Or oh, I saw this recently, what is your view? Because at the point, at the end of the day, if we're going to say one and the same thing, you always need to reach out and confirm that what you believe about something is the same thing that they believe so that all of us collectively can believe one thing. My goal by the end of 2023 is that everything that we are taught in this year, 2023, I can boldly say that, look, everyone who is here, if you ask us any question, we'll say the exact same thing about it. It might be a different presentation, but the content will be the same. That's goals, though. Any church that can do that is goals in heaven. You don't understand. <laughs> Jesus gave a criticism about some churches in the book of Revelation from 2 and 3, chapter 2 and 3, and the rebuke he gave was serious. I believe that collectively, um, when we get to heaven by the grace of God and, and by his mercies, when we are there, there will be a collective report about what we did here in this ministry. And in heaven, it might not be registered the way we registered it in CAC as Vivify Ministries, but it's that church that was led by these people that ministry that was led by these people, this is what they did. This is the account. And at the end of the day, we saw that there was unity in the faith. I pray that that's the story of our ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. So number two be what? Accountable and be discipled. Number three, this is very specific. Evangelize to at least two people every month. At least two people. I'm not even saying disciple now, Right? Evangelize, 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 evangelize. Praise the name of Jesus. Evangelize, evangelize. There's a goal I just said, and I just got a prompting to change it now because the Lord corrected me. Evangelize at least two people, right? Every month. So that means by December 2023, you'd have talked to at least, how many people? Do the math. 24 people about Jesus. To me, that's very small, but it's a good start. At least some people last, I mean, this year did not even evangelize to anybody. And, and inviting people for programs is not evangelism. But also, that's something else I want to say. At least every week, invite three people to our weekly meetings. It's part of this one. So while you evangelize to two people every month, evangelize to three people weekly. Um, invite three people weekly to our meetings. I want us to build that culture of invitation. If you feel like all your talk, you know, you don't have the right words to say, just invite them. And let me be honest, if there's every time someone that you really want to hear the gospel is coming, this has happened before. You can always send a message to me or reach out that, ah, there's someone you are bringing on. And this person really needs to be, you know, believe in the gospel. There's some way that we can tailor the teaching to meet that need of that person. And it's not scam. It's not, it's not mago-mago. 
it's, it's the expectation that the teaching ministry we have meets specific needs of people. So if that's the case, invite people, tell them to come around. The ones that you think are the most difficult, let them come. Just tell them about it and be insistent about it. So number one is what sets smart goals. Number two is what? Be accountable and be discipled. Number three is evangelize to two people monthly and invite three people weekly to our weekly meetings and events and conferences. Number four, disciple at least four people in 2023. Now, evangelism is to make converts, right? To proclaim the gospel and have people believe in it. But by discipleship, I mean, let there be at least four people that can say in 2023, this person, Ayomide, was responsible for my growth in this year. Everything that I learned and I'm learning now, I learned from this person. This person held me accountable in prayers, in Bible study, in my growth in the faith. Disciple at least four people next year. I'm not saying every month, just the entire next year. At least have people that can call your name. That even if if they get to heaven, they can point to you and say, you are the reason why they are where they are in their faith. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to take it seriously. If you don't know how to disciple people, let's have that conversation. Look, we're going to, everything we do next year will be tailored to raise strong disciples. So disciple one, number four is what? Disciple four, at least four people in 2023. Number five, this one is very simple. This is very simple. Read your Bible every day. Read your, I know it sounds very basic and simple, but I know I'm saying it. Read your Bible every day. If we are putting an emphasis to the word of God to, for us to be fruitful in the year, you need to read your Bible every day. Every day. Every day. Honestly, if, you, if it's an audio Bible, I don't mind. I really don't mind. See, I'd rather someone who is making the effort to use whatever tool, whatever media or platform they can to have access to the word than someone who is missing it on a daily because of one excuse or the other. Read the Bible every single day. And like the song goes, number six is pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. If it is five minutes that you can pray for, five minutes, pray. You know how I've said this, right? It's, it's much better that you pray for five minutes every single day. Even if it's for the entire year, no, you shouldn't do that. You should grow. <laughs> but it's better than praying five hours and you say, I've stored up for the month. Oh, I feel glory. Five hours for the month. It's the same way you cannot eat a breakfast buffet in one day and expect it to sustain you for the rest of the week. It's not possible. So pray every single day. Talk to the person you claim to love. Talk to him. Rant to him. Many of you are so quick to rant to your bestie. You go video call. Anything that comes to your mind, you talk. Why can't you talk to God? Why can't you condition yourself to first talk to your father who, wants to so- who can actually solve your problems? Pray every day. And read your Bible, even if it is one chapter, two chapters. And look, for the, for the year, at least do something. I mentioned this last week. Try and cover the Bible next year. Or if you want to do Old Testament, cover the entire Old Testament. If you want to cover the New Testament, cover the entire New Testament. And maybe that might not be for you. Maybe you have to do something else. But you owe it to your faith. You owe it to God. You owe it to yourself. So at least know something about everything in the Bible. 
Number five is what? Read your Bible every day. Number six is what? Pray every day. Number seven. <laughs> this is a specific instruction. Number seven. Don't rush into any romantic relationship without a trusted mentor, friend, or family knowing about it. No secret relationships. That's what I'm saying. No secret relationships. I'm not saying once you enter a relationship, you post everywhere on social media that we are together now. That's not what I'm saying. That's not the idea or the context of secret. I mean that people you honor and you want to be accountable to are aware you are entering a relationship. Not that you tell them post-decision. That you're about to make a decision, especially if you're the guy trying to um, initiate... Or maybe you are the lady who you've already, um, you know, you had that conversation already and it's about to happen. Let someone know about the See, I'm tired of hearing rubbish. I'm saying this. I'm, I'm very, I get very dis- disappointed when people tell me it's a very, you know, silly mistakes that could have easily been avoided. Right. And of course, we treat it with grace. We, we, we rise from that mistake. But that mistake could have easily been avoided. If you only sought out wisdom and counsel from the right people at the right time. I'm saying this now. If you're a member of Vivify, it is prohibited for you to enter a romantic relationship with at least one trusted person that you know you can be accountable to knowing about this. I recommend you tell your pastors. I recommend you tell your trusted friends who maybe might be your accountability partner. I recommend you tell your parents. Yes! Even your parents, I know the dynamics are different. For me, I could tell my parents before I, I you know, I went out with my, my girlfriend then, you know, um, I could. I had that access, but not everybody does, and that's fine. But let there be someone, a figure in your life that you can trust, that you can receive counsel, you can be willing to see beyond the emotions and butterflies and see this is how this person is, so that you don't be heartbroken and 2024 by hearing men are scum. Uh, you know, women have, uh, what other they saying about women now? I don't know, <laughs> you know? And then we just hear that you don't want to get married again. You're done with this thing called love. Before you now watch another K-drama film and you're like, you know, I want, somebody's laughing. You watch another K-drama, like this love thing, Sha, is still sweet, Sha. And then just avoid it. You can avoid the heartache and heartbreak, right? Only if you get wisdom at the right time. Don't go when it's too late. I've said it now. Number eight. Very important. Actively partner with this ministry. Actively partner with this ministry in 2023. In terms of your service. In terms of your finances. Actively partner with Vivify Ministries. Actively. Not silently. Not um, this ministry, yeah, some people might want to be anonymous and give it, but no, this is your family. You understand? This is the work of the ministry. Let let it be known. Give your money. Put your money where your mouth is and where your faith is. Give. And if you feel that your giving is not nearly enough, then serve. We have opportunity for people. I'm telling you right now, if you give us 200 people to serve, we, we have things that each of these people can do. In the work of the ministry, we just need the hands. And thankfully, there are prophecies and, and words in the next year that we will have many hands and many feet. We will have the gift of men to help the work reach further 
I believe with all my heart and the fulfillment of that prophecy and the answer to that prayer is you, is your yes. All right. So please actively partner with this ministry. You've been blessed by it. Here's the time for you to bless the ministry as you've been blessed. Number nine, and this is different from this prayer of some similar, but different. Number nine, actively promote the work of the ministry. So I said partner, but now actively promote slash publicize the work of the ministry. Publicize, publicize, talk about it. See, God is bringing many to his truth because of you, right? Because he's going to use you as a megaphone to draw people. And many of you have experienced it. I'm grateful to those of you who this year have been vocal that every time people say, ah, everything vivify, vivify, everything vivify, we have heard you shall, let shall come. They will come. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Publicize. Don't be a Nicodemus. Don't only associate with us when things seem to be good. Talk about the ministry. Talk about the work we're doing. The events, and what we're going to be doing is that we're going to be sending emails shortly uh, to show you the breakdown of the events for the year, how it's going to be. So it's to prepare you. Uh, and maybe give some people, put some people in mind that you can invite for these programs. Look, we want to fill up our venues, we want to fill up our halls next year. Tell everyone, actively promote and publicize. Let us be able to tell you are part of this ministry when we check your social media page, when we check your status, when we check your Twitter and your IG. Let it show that you are part of this ministry. Let us be able to see th that you, you believe in the work God is doing here. Number 10. Number 10. It is on destruction for you. Many of you, God has called you to some secular work or your passions, let me put it this way, have aligned to secular work. So some of you love what you can do with data and analyzing data and doing data science. Some of you, it's business development. Some of you, it's fashion designing. You have something to do in the secular world. I want you to use this year. Uh, and the very beginning part of this year, as we go into the new year and the beginning of next year, to discover how exactly your secular work contributes to the Great Com Commission. I want you to discover it. It's something you do prayerfully. So you do it prayerfully and say, God, how can this work I'm doing somehow contribute to the Great Commission? I'm not going to tell you, oh, it's the money you get from it. You just put it to the work. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you it's just by talking to your colleagues. For some of you, just top of my head, some of you who are into software engineering can amass such a great network of skilled developers that can create an app that can solve a problem that we need in the Christian community. You know, a problem that we have in the Christian community. You provide a solution that solves it. Maybe you, you are in the advertising agency and somehow you are able to avail the resources you have to promote the work that we're doing to more people because of the access you have. I'm telling you, look, whatever it is, God can use that secular endeavor to fulfill the Great Commission. Do you understand what I've said? Do you understand what I said? It's, I want you to take time prayerfully to discover it. I'm not going to tell you why. I've given you some ideas already, but I want you to pray. What is, what is that thing God has, has prompted you to do? Or even just a desire. And that's how God speaks many times. Maybe there's just a desire to do something in the secular world. It could be entertainment. It could be sports. It could be the finance world. It could be the tech world. Whatever it is, Lord, what can this thing do for your gospel? I want to know. And if you want some ideas, talk to me. Talk to people here that are doing similar things. 
that you're doing. Talk to people outside that you maybe see are doing what you are doing and also at the same time fulfilling the Great Commission. But no matter what, your circular endeavor is not just for funds. There's something more to it. Praise the name of Jesus. It's not just for money in your pocket. It's for the work of the, of the ministry. Praise the name of Jesus. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.